Transmission and today I'm doing a, I'm joined by Alexis Raphael in an interview which we did uh, via Zoom. Um, Alexis grew up in London in the uh, in the 90s and he was always surrounded by, by cutting edge record stores and then progressed into becoming a professional DJ. He then set up Crash in 2010, uh, which became one of the best you know one of the, one of the major parties in London around the time and really uh, spurred that whole deep house sound. Um, uh, with labels like a Hot Creation. They recently started a brand new party series again. They recently did Ministry of Sound. Um, the Courtyard for the first time in years. So I thought I'd sit down with, with him and chat about him. And we also talk about Crash, obviously. Enjoy this interview. It was great fun. Let's chat about uh, the history of Crash, how it started, um, when, uh, and, and the kind of the vibe of the party. Yeah, Crash started in 2010. It was kind of a time when a lot of the parties in East London, well, it was quite, it was quite a minimal sound going on. And at the time, just wanted some more uh, music in the music, if that makes sense. More melodies, yep. more vocals. And, you know, we wanted a Sunday day party that was also in venues. Everyone was using kind of warehouse spaces, but... It was kind of trying to be unique, but everyone was using the same 10 warehouse spaces. So I thought we'd go kind of different and um, use venues that are already there that had maybe good bars that you could get a drink quickly, decent toilets, and a different kind of setup to what was going on. Yeah. And it kind of worked. People liked it, you know. Uh, you weren't in a dirty warehouse. You're in a venue that was set up for that. Yeah. Uh, good sound systems, guaranteed. Uh, and just a nice day experience. Uh, and the vibe was, you know, we started off the first party. The flyer said... Um, Soul, reg groove, disco, funk, everything. Right I did it. I did it. Wow. Yeah. Twelve yeah. hour party, and the idea was to build up to house music. Yeah. So first few hours, you know, you don't you don't want it banging like. No, of course. Uh, when there's no one there, and then it, there was a barbecue and everything, and it started at Cargo. That's before what everyone was doing kind of electronic music there, really. Well, um, um and 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 I started at Cargo. I didn't realise that. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Did they have all the garden and stuff then as well? It's yeah, we used the garden. We had at the first party, we had uh, Gorge as a headliner, who's from, is it 8-Bit? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he is. Didn't he yeah. own 8-Bit? Yeah. He, he, I had another night on called uh, Vita Luna the night before, which was a showcase for a label. I'm trying to remember. And he was playing at that. So he came as the special guest headliner. But yeah, Cargo was used for bands and things like that. It was very different. And it yeah. just donors and um yeah there were like five parties there and it went from about 100 friends to pretty much about 800 people we were really lucky with the weather you know we had sun in february and then march and then fuck. fuck yeah so fuck. We, we had good weather or it might not have happened and by the third party there was about 500 people there um you know at the time i was a kind of djing all around london and we had a big crew of friends in london and uh, it, it spread from that really 
Uh, and then we moved to Brick Lane after that. Yeah, I remember. I remember the times. I remember, like, I remember, like you're saying, we had sun in uh, February. We, I did a, yeah. uh, my data transmission fourth birthday around this, this 28, 2012, and we had we actually had snow, and right. and it literally snowed at 7:30 p.m. Like literally, as you're as you're thinking about going out, like. Oh yeah, the, all the all the chat was good. Like all the chat was good, um, and then at seven thirty p.m., it, it absolutely hammered it down with snow, and we had we had, it, we got we got killed because obviously no at that time it's like should we go out? Oh, no, it's snowing. Let's not bother. Let's stay in. You know. Yeah, that's why promoting is gambling. Basically, you know, whatever you do, there's always like a risk. Something's going to happen that will that will throw it off course, and it's um, a real game of highs and lows because it can just go wrong. When, um, when the heavens decide to open a load of snow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The, whole, the, the, whole, the whole of Shoreditch for us was, literally, we walked out in Shoreditch and it was just absolutely, because we did it at East Village. Um, that was the party before yeah. you played for us, the, the party after. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. And yet, yeah, yeah. So you played the one, literally the one after. And yeah. your, your one was absolutely, I remember it, being, it was heaving. And that yeah. basically rescued the fact that the one before was, was you know, on its arse, you know? Only as good as your last party. Apparently. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's totally true, but <laughs> so then you moved to Brick Lane. Yeah, we moved to Brick Lane, and we had some really cool parties there in the garden of the Brick House <coughs> and inside. Um, and um, it was at that point that uh, we started looking at guests that were well. We booked Robert James. Nice in that kind of hot creations kind of thing obviously he had that track Malibu and we were like the first people I know to book him um and you know the the, the idea we had of more musical stuff that label was really doing that you know yeah of course so it was one of the artists that interest us uh and and then we started we did a series of parties there I can't remember how many but they were great and everyone was dressed up in funny things it was like kind of like what El Roe does but with about with a lot less people and a bit less sense, but there's videos of people with like diving masks and yeah, cool. So it was like fun, you know, outdoors, and it was always about keeping the music light-hearted, not too serious, and it was a real family vibe at that point. It was, you know, an intimate party, and everyone knew everyone. Um, yeah, that Robert James was sort of blowing up then, wasn't he? It was kind of yeah. that that hot cre- yeah, and then you kind of got the whole crush was was literally around that sound, like that whole hot creation sound at the time, and it was yeah. kind of, yeah. tied in, you know, that label was trying to put together more musical stuff at a time when, you know, it was coming off the back of minimal and everything, really. Yeah. And we, would, we, we had the same idea for the party, so it kind of all tied in. So, you know, as well as a lot of different artists, we had someone called Erdbert Schnitzel. Yeah. At the Brickhouse. We had, like, uh, Denise Curtel. Yeah. We had, uh, I'm trying to remember everyone, but, you know, we had Lee Foss later yeah. at Huxton. So, so there was a mix of artists, Glimpse. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I remember Glimpse, they were great. Yeah, I think it was Glimpse and Maya who played yeah. for us. But you know, this is before Maya had really blown up again. Six months later, she was on the front cover of Mixmag. Yeah, of course, of course, fuck. So it was this whole sound that was coming through and, and, and it was a great party. It was really good fun, everyone knew each other. And yeah, after Brickhouse, we moved to the Queen of Hoxton. And this was, so this was around 2010, 2011? By the time we moved to the Queen of Hoxton, I think it was the winter of... of, of uh, 2010 or 2011. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, I think the winter of 2011 was when we first did the Queen of Hoxton and it ran, sorry, 2010 and it ran through 2011. And then, so then the you, it went to 
uh, we did the big one at the Ministry Courtyard with Jamie Jones and Gary Chandler. fairly big party that was getting a thousand people through the door so some was, was that that was that in 2012 was that the beginning of, that was the beginning no that was actually um that was uh, september or october 2011 right okay the first one yeah okay cool and then because obviously around that time you had i know out and which obviously blew you up as well even bigger yeah that that all tied in so that was like 2012 so then 2012 was what i would call the peak of all that because we had four or five huge events all sold out at um ministry uh, and the outdoors and then they'd go through to night and run through till four five six in the morning so they were long parties they were like yeah yeah and yeah i had i know out at the same time and a few other tracks and yeah so things were just quite mental 2012 and 2013 was that then a draining on your uh, was that draining on you how did that you know you kind of get pretty drained after all through that period or was it kind of just rolling through it with it as the i loved it it was yeah. great it was great fun. The parties were draining because I'd get there at midday and I wouldn't leave till six, seven in the morning. That was knackering, you know. Yeah. Uh, running those parties, but and we, and I had no one else to to to. I had no assistance or anything like that. So it was all just, you know, it, it went from this small thing to something really big too quickly. I didn't really know how to manage it properly. You know? yeah. after, after 2012, we carried on with those, and then by 2013, you know, there were a lot of. I'll be honest not copycat events, but there were a lot of events doing the same kind of lineups and it had become suddenly really saturated. Top of that, DJ fees had gone through the roof. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the time we did Pulse, um, I think our lineup, you know, cost about £30,000. So Jesus Christ! It's become ridiculous. And on top of that, um, yeah, it kind of like got to its peak and I just, and, it, and then what you were saying earlier, it did kind of like drain me from the studio. I couldn't, you know, it's tiring. Even at the moment now, I'm like distracted because of the party. So right. I made this decision of like, you know, I've got to kind of put the party secondary. I'm a producer and I, um, I, 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 I want to do that. And so I kind of slowed the party down. We did a beefer the next year, Gate Crasher. Yep, I remember it well. They weren't paying the artists. We had some really great parties, Bodica and people at the beginning. Then they, then they stopped paying people and we had to pull it. I remember uh, we, it well. Other parties in Ibiza, small ones, which were absolutely amazing. One in St. Raphael that no one's ever done, the little villa. There was just people still come up to me and say that was a great party. But yeah, we did that. Then we did some small ones in London over the last few years. Um, and we did Butch last year outdoors in Bow. Uh, we did some on Curtain Road. Just little, we took it back to that early stages, you know. That but that was like, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it got there. It was great. We had like 400 people. Everyone knew each other. Great fun. Perfect. Yeah.
And then this year, things have gone back. <laughs> back, back to the, how, how, how did that come about, and what's let's let's how did that start, and how where you know what was the decision behind it? In, in all honesty, last year I did one party in Bow. Yeah, uh, it was with Butch, like I said, and I thought, oh, maybe I should do another one this year. I was kind of in discussions with um, a small venue in Dalston for like four hundred people, right. and then I put a picture up on the social media of when it was at its peak, I think one of the events with art department and ministry caught you and suddenly like 400 people have tagged their friends saying, wow, you know, times of my life, miss those days. And I thought, hold on a minute. This is what everyone wants. They don't give a shit about small parties. They want a big rave again. Yeah. And that's it. And then I had discussions with ministry. It was difficult. I didn't think it was going to be able to happen. It took, it took like um, a, a good month of, it was stressful to get it in place you know no this hasn't happened in years people are worried is it going to work sound restrictions all sorts of complications but managed to do it and um yeah sold out that's good it's really good it's really good it was a great party people were having a really good time and it was amazing to see and uh yeah uh i do see parties now where I said this today on Twitter where you get these videos of events and everyone's just standing there staring at the DJ. Like, where, where, why is no one partying? I've seen a few. I've seen a few sometimes. I've seen a few. I've actually even been to the venues and I've been like, is it, is it just the first? Sometimes you think, is it the person that's filming it? They're just shit at social media and they've caught the crowd at the wrong point and it is just a lull in the music and they're kind of, you know, is it, is it just that's how the is the the distance from the person filming it to the people that are in the crowd so that you can't get that reaction, or is it just the crowd and you kind of yeah it's a number you don't, I think you, things have changed a bit yeah I mean if you look at videos from 1990 you'll see everyone's going mental yeah and that's what it was about I think uh, and it, and it, you know it was like that when I went out in the mid to late 90s um, I think. You know, it's still amazing parties, obviously, and there's still parties where everyone's dancing. But there's a lot where people are just kind of there. The DJ's such a focus now, yeah. even more than it's ever been, that people are forgetting to enjoy themselves and dance. That's what it's actually about. They're kind of just like in awe of the DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, like, like we, me and my, me and my mates went to Rasmus House, and uh, we were so into the dancing and and getting stuck in the middle that we. I went to my mate. This DJ look. He hasn't changed in a while. And my mate went, mate, that's the lighting man. The DJ is behind us. And we, <laughs> and we went there and went, oh yeah, it's a massive like lighting show and everything. Like, like, and we're like, oh, oh, we haven't noticed. Oh well, we've just been getting stuck in, you know. Yeah, I mean, I remember being at raves where there was so many lasers and so much smoke that I couldn't even see where the DJ was. Literally, <laughs> I remember once being at the Stratford Rex years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I remember just, I didn't even know which way, where, where's the DJ, is he over there? I saw, the, I, I saw the prodigy there the, in the fact of the land tour. Did you? Was yeah, it? yeah, it was oh, really cool. Good energy, yeah? Yeah, really cool, like the finishing on Fuel My Fire and it just meant people jumping up and down and people hanging off the walls and because it was like 90, 97, 96, 97. Or, yeah, uh, that's when I going out. Incredible, incredible, yeah. It was a different energy back then, definitely. Like, you don't want to bang on about the old days, but there was. I mean, first of all, um, I think there was a lot less alcohol, whether you like it or not. Everyone was on the same kind of vibe. Bus. Yep. Yep. Whether you agree with it or not, it put everyone on the same thing. And now it's a lot more disjointed, I think. Um, 
Having said that, there are things nowadays that are a lot better. You know, there was a time in what you call the London scene where it would be the same 20, 30 records by every DJ. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's so much more music and there's so much more depth to it now because it's more than just about going out and dancing. It was literally just going out and dance records. Now I think it's more about the depth of the music and the artists and all that. Yeah, I agree. There's more, there's more. I think the thing about London, I think now is that like you've got a lot of the parties that are literally because because the prices are so high and because it's so hard to book headliners that there's so many good parties that are just built around residents. Yeah. That in, in small even smaller venues that are, you go to those and they're just they're a much better party. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, and you get a better, you know you just get more interesting. Those of interesting DJs playing. It's really cool. Well, the thing with coming back of Crash, what I wanted to focus on was because back then it just became about these headliners and like really for me, party should be about the party, what you're yeah. saying. So I've tried not to focus it on just headliners. Obviously, we have to book DJs because that's what people want to see. Yeah. But I'm trying to make it about the party, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have um, the music policy is fresh music, but you know, it's, it, I would say there's no tech house if you want to call it that. There, it's more, right house music, disco, electro, techno, and uh, stuff with more melodies and funk and a bit more sex and music, basically. Nice, nice. <laughs> but a little bit of that classic Deep House, which is what everyone wanted, 2010 to 2013. Now, we don't want to be that retro party that's just the same classics. Yeah, you know? of <laughs> so I'm very wary of that, but we've got a bit of it, and which yeah. is cool, you know? Yeah, I see you've been doing the... the, Ooh, the, the I've seen you've been doing the uh, the the 2010 to 2012 D- classic set. I I saw that and I was like, mate, I want to go and listen to that. That sounds wicked. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, no one's done it. And I know. I know. You, you, you get like, you get eras from like you get classic sets from you know you know because I go back to the rave era. So you've got like parties like Raindance. Yeah. That have uh, is run by you know, they you know they define that early hardcore period. You got periods for jungle, for garage, for all these things, and really. Really, there's nothing that there's nothing referencing back to that deep house era and it's been a few years now and it always takes a few years but it was definitely a golden period for house music there was a lot of big records it made a lot of artists um, yeah for sure and i thought you know let's throw it in but i'm very wary about it becoming i don't it's not a deep house party yeah, it's current music but put some of that music in there so there's a nice mix you know yeah that's <laughs> nice man. I, I know what you're saying like i was thinking the other day about jungle it's like for most, for the last probably twenty years, jungle has just been a. It's, that is, it's just classics, but it's cool. It's, it has a whole. It's, it's just its genre, like because everyone's playing all the records from the right yeah. from the beginning, and you go to them and you hear all the same records. Be like, I love them all still, but yeah. and, and it's, it's since now, cool. obviously, well, there, there is a lot of new music. Yeah, there is there a lot of new stuff coming out that's uh, got big dubby bass lines. I do follow it a little bit. There is uh, new stuff, but that yeah. that era again was so huge that yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that era kind of, like, it literally made Hot Creations for starters. It literally made a few other labels. A few other labels did really well in it and then sort of didn't do well in the after period. So, yeah. Well, it kind of evolved into Tech House. It did, you're right. It evolved into Tech House, yeah. And for, for me personally, it's not so much for me, that, that sound. It's not. It's, I'm, I'm more about melodies and a bit of yeah. funk music and did you um when you when you started looking for those records for those for that for that for that for that set did you kind of have to go really digging and kind of find but also find also find records that you hadn't heard for a long period that you just completely forgot about um well when i did the first of those well i've only done that one classic set i think yeah but that was at the first crash and um it was pretty easy to be honest really 
Yeah, because that's <laughs> the truth. Because you know, I know that period so well, and I was yeah. right in the thick of it. And uh, it wasn't like oh, there was only a couple of tunes I won't name that were huge that I wouldn't play because right. they're too overplayed. And there's right. a couple that I don't like. Apart from that, you know, it was a lot of big tunes that people haven't heard in a few years, so it didn't really matter if I played them. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I did dig some like more obscure amazing records that I love so it was a real mix but it, I really enjoyed it it was great fun and I think everyone enjoyed it it was it was it was great atmosphere in there how was um so obviously you how, have you had to change your promoting style for the new for the kind of when you for this return I guess, well, I, guess I guess you kind of were you were you on the cusp of social media happening when it kind of when the first ones were happening or did it happen afterwards you know what? My memory is terrible, but I think like we had a Facebook page by we handed out flyers for the first few parties. Right. We had flyers around Shoreditch, um, and things were always on Resident Advisor. Yeah. Facebook page, I think, started a bit later on. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, the parties were um, selling themselves through word of mouth and stuff. We never did that much, to be quite honest with you. Now yeah. we need to push it more. Um, uh, you know, there's Instagram. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've got people helping me, but I struggle Good. with it. I really struggle with it. Have, yeah, that's one of the next thing I was going to ask. Do you have, like, do you now have a team? Because obviously you're saying that you want to focus on you, the, you, the artist. Do you now have a team that kind of helps you do the programming and the, and the party and put it, yeah. run, you know, making sure it runs? Yeah, one of the problems before where I fell back was that I didn't really have the, um, I wasn't very good at delegating roles. Right. And you need to do that. So now, yeah, I've got um, Clint, who's helping me. He's like my right-hand man for everything. And we're bringing in um, an intern. And we've got a couple of other people that work on other things. So there is a little group here. And I'm trying to slowly get it right so that we can uh, uh, improve things. Because it's really difficult for me to do it all, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, and, and focus on studio and stuff. It's, it's, it's really distracting. And then I guess let's I guess let's just kind of talk about you and what you've been up to. Um, you had that record that I really loved uh, last year, Purple Talk. Purple Talk. Hang on a minute. Let me just dig in. Hang on. Didn't love it that much. So forgot uh, the name. I, I, do you know what? <laughs> I, do, I do. I love it. I've played. I've, the name as well. I've actually played it every. Jackets. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Sorry, I love that yeah, record. Yeah. I absolutely, yeah. love, absolutely you, you, love that. Record. Yeah, you get my tunes. I think we come from a similar kind of background, don't we, musically? Yeah. Well, I really like that record. My girlfriend loves that record, but it didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, really? Really? No. Uh, uh, I like that. a lot of the ones I I do. I don't like people like, and the ones I like, no one seems to like them. But I like that. It's cool. What What label did that come out on? It was. Exactly. Okay. Sydney, uh, Charles and Santos label. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that record. I, I have a kind of a folder of stuff that that I've just kind of I'm playing and I'm playing constantly. Like if I if I if I if I ever play out, you know, uh, or stuff that I'm listening to, and that's always in there. I, yeah, wicked. I was with uh, Kenny Glasgow the other day. We were flying to a gig in uh, Portugal, and he was like, "I keep playing this track in your set in my sets," and I was like, "What one?" And it, uh, it's a track called Exclusive, and I was like, "Right, okay." I've, I've never even played it. 
<laughs> I don't think I've even played purple jacket. No, I have played purple jackets. So right. Yeah. At the um, moment, so I had that and a few other bits last year. I did a return to Hot Creations with a track called It's Kind of Jazzy. That was last I remember. Year. I remember, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which actually samples a big jungle record. Nice. And a hip hop record. But basically, I've just, I'll be totally open and honest. I've just kind of like hit a bit of a wall musically with um, what I would call the UK scene. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't really enjoying um, going through digital promos. I just found it just wasn't for me, 99% of it. And I don't enjoy the process. So last September, so almost a year ago now, my girlfriend was like, look, why don't you just go back to records, buying records? Right. Said, hey, what? That's what I'm going to do. So I just stopped digital music. I started going record shopping again. And I found, so I'm, I've just enjoyed the process because with records, there's a bit of a quality for There is a quality feel. Control. Yeah, of course. You're not going to press a record if it's... Um, if, if you don't believe in it, it's going to cost money. Yeah. So I've gone back to buying vinyl and I've, 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 first of all, I'm so much happier and secondly, I'm finding so much better music. And that's just inspired me to make different music and um, just been working on an album. Nice. It didn't start as an album. It started as just making whatever and then I just thought, hold on a minute, here's, here's a kind of album, yeah. I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've got like about, about seven tracks a mix now. And nice. working on, yeah, it's going to be about 10 tracks and two bonus tracks, which have my vocals on them. <laughs> which wow, okay. It's a little bit different. It's, okay. it's kind of like electronica, house, garage-influenced house, mad experimental techno. It's a bit of everything. It's a real journey. Are you going to ship that out or are you going to kind of release it yourself? Or I don't have a clue. <laughs> I'm going to know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just getting it ready, and when it's yeah. ready, I think I'll know what to do with it. But I'm right. I'm going away in October for six months. Nice. So when I come back, that's hopefully next year. It's going to be released. I'm just trying to finish it before I go away. And then, kind of, what's going to happen if you're going away that long period? How, what What are you going to do with Crash? Are you going to is it going to have something in the summer and then next one at winter or Crash is going to be pause. I decided it's just first of all for my own sanity running events all year. I don't think I can handle it. Right. Second, um, I think it, I've decided it is a daytime party. You know, we did nighttime parties. We did that one at uh, Hack in Hackney Wick. We've done, we've done nights, but primarily it's a daytime party and trying to run daytime parties in the winter is hard work. Yeah. But, you know, what do you do? You go on a Sunday in, in December into a basement somewhere. You know, it worked in 2012. Sometimes they were busier than others, but to do that now is just too difficult. So let's keep it to the summer. Uh, so I'm going to pull it back. We've got a final party on August 26th. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Campbell's joining me. Waste and Stray. Nice. So a little, a little nod for the past. Yeah, of uh, course. We'll be playing. Uh, and my residents, which are great, who are really, really great residents. Who uh, are they? We've got Clinton Hooker. Yep. Uh, who's released on Nervous and stuff like that. Uh, we've got Tim Ross and Mr. Shiver, who you yep. know. Yeah, of course. Uh, we've got a girl who's great called uh, Miss Songbird, Tess. Yes, that Songbird. Yeah, sorry, that Songbird. She's one of my new residents. Right, uh, I really and, like her. Yeah, she's great. I've got a guy from Cyprus who's German called Marcus Eden who came over for the last party at the Prince of Wales. We did nice. Yeah. Uh, so I've got them and I've got, uh, who else is there? Um, yeah, I think that's it for the residents. That's enough. So they get rotated. They're all really good DJs. They're all versatile. They can do warm-ups. 
they can do like peak time, and that's what you want from the resident. And, and are you all playing vinyl, or you? I mean, or, you, or is it kind of just just you? That's just your choice. Yeah, that's my choice. I mean, I think Tim and Mr. Shiver they play a mix. Um, having said about the vinyl at Crash, I didn't play vinyl because that that 2010 to 2012 stuff, I don't have it in vinyl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think why it was really easy. <laughs> yeah, it's just stick it or go into a crate and find it all. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, um, yeah, okay. So um, and then I guess, yeah, I guess kind of what's the what's the plans for the future, Crush? And yeah, you're, you're having a break, and then what's are you going to again next year? You're going to just do summer again next year. Yeah, going to do summer again next year. Got to look at it and work out what to do. Um, Maybe there's a case to do one winter Boxing Day rave, something like that. I always loved going out on Boxing Day. It's my, I, my I did, I did. We used to do misdemeanors at Turmills, and it was always a laugh. Misdemeanors on with Lottie and all those guys playing. Yeah, on, a, on, a, on Boxing Day, that was always fun. Good, isn't it? After a day with your family, you know, Boxing Day is kind of like right. I'm itching to go out, and uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 always great fun. So I like putting on Boxing Day. So we might do two in the summer and one on Boxing Day next year. That's the idea. I'm off for six months just because I need to um, want to do some other things. So I'm going traveling. Right. Uh, I'm going to record sounds while I'm traveling for Amazing. another album. Yeah. So, so, gonna... so that we won't for this album for the next, for another one after that. Yeah. That's the idea. And then, so are you are you, are you more into that album format because a lot of people obviously are going more singular route. And are you do you do you still love that album? Do you? I, I think that. I've been making music for a while now and it's probably time I did something like that. What it is with me, I'm just, there's this constant pressure to have to release this, this, to stay up there. I'm kind of like, whatever. I don't like that. I just want to like do it because I enjoy it. So I'm just going to make um, the music as I feel fit. And, you know, people dig it, they dig it. If they don't, they don't. It doesn't really bother me. So I think what I've got now is an album. I'm going to put it out. People like it. Great. I hope they do. Um, but I can't, I'm not really into just constantly having to output music for the sake of staying relevant because I think that's the problem with everything now. People just release to release and it makes it full of crap music to be quite Yeah, they're kind, of, they're kind of the release, you have to have a release, a, a schedule of releases kind of because then you, book, then you book all your gigs around that schedule of releases and it kind of yeah. one feeds the other and it's, it does seem like, yeah, it does seem a little silly. I don't want to play that system. I think music's creative and I think the music should be like last, last music should have last ability. It's too much throwaway stuff. You know, a record should be able to be listened to 10 years from now. Yeah. And it should all have something about it. You know, it's not like that, a lot of it. So I want to try and focus on that. And I think doing an album would be great. And then following up with another one would be something enjoyable to do. Do you, you know, I, 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 we don't do enough. That's why they don't want to do it. But yeah. it's, you know, I'm not really doing it just to do stuff. I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it. And the thing I think with an album though is you can you probably you can actually get quite creative. If you've got a body of work like that, you can actually get creative with it and release it. You know, a track a day for ten days, and it kind of creates a creates a load. You know, creates a load of buzz on through Spotify or whatever, um, and then hit all those playlists, and it kind of you, you'll have loads of tracks out there. You know. Yeah, exactly. So I need to look into that. I'm not that clued up in the how I'm going to do it yet, but <laughs> I'll get it finished. I mean, it might even be something I'll just give away. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. So. Yeah, so there's been some, there's been, it's getting more, the, now that kind of that whole streaming and, and, and Spotify, there seems to be more and more creative ways. Like, I think I, I see um, a friend within released an album and it was just, he released it as a playlist. 
Well, and, okay. And which was like, it was like 25 tracks of just one playlist and right. just go, go and listen to it basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool, you know, it's simple. It's just go and listen to my music and if you like it, you like it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's, that might be what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess, I, I, well, I guess that's kind of, yeah. Where are you going traveling? Flying to Asia, India, and I'm going to travel all the way east through India, through to like Vietnam, Philippines, Malaysia, Japan, um, and just, just you know, there's a, I've been doing this electronic music thing since I was 11, literally. Fuck, it's really? like, yeah. How old are you? How old yeah. are you now? 37. Wow, you're only you're a couple of years younger than me, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I bought my decks in '94. Right. It's all I've ever done. I love it to bits, but there is a whole world out there. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really up for just um, taking some time out. And um, I think it will also help creativity because, you know. Of course. Just me being in this thing, it's nice to step back from it sometimes, you know. Are you going to so, be doing gigs there? Is it kind of book, is it, is it booked around gigs or is it kind of just you're just going away? Nothing. I'm not. I'm going to have a total break from it all. Nice. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a backpack and leave DJ World for a bit. Right. <laughs> record music and record sounds and just have some time out and then come back release this album do crash and start on new music that's the idea okay cool nice okay well that's <laughs> nice wicked great mate okay well that's cool uh, let's uh Still jumping and bumping. Six o'clock in the morning and we're still jumping.